Good morning. Good morning. I am so excited and blessed and honored to be here this morning with you. I believe that God is doing some incredible things in this church. It's obvious through our worship, through our time together, through our week. And I believe that you are not here by accident. I believe that each and every one of us are called here. And I hope that you see the role that you play within this church body this morning. And so I think about that, and I think about sometimes we go through the motions on Sunday mornings, we worship together, we, we leave, we go to lunch, and we go about our week, but I, I think, I hope you see that God is working behind the scenes each and every week to get you here. And so the fact that you are here today, I celebrate, I'm excited, even if it's just axe throwing, <laughs> even if just axe throwing brought you here, I can guarantee, I can, I can prove to you that God worked behind the scenes for weeks in staff meeting to get axe throwing here. <laughs> there may have been a little bit of conflict between people who like throwing axe and people who don't want to throw axes. <laughs> so anyways, I'm saying God's working and God's moving and it's incredible to be here this morning. Um, I wish I can tell my junior high self that I'd be teaching a message on Father's Day before eating tacos and throwing axes because junior high Tim would have loved that. He would have ate that thing up. I, I mean, I think, I mean, there's a lot of things I wish I, would have could, I could tell junior high Tim. I mean, there's a lot of things I can go back and say, hey, Tim, there's a lot of things that are going to happen in your life, and we need to talk about it. There's a lot of things that's going to happen. And I think, um, I think the reason why is because uh, young self, young Tim, he was a mess. He was a mess. He was, he was an angry, angry kid, and he tried everything he did to, uh, to go against what was supposed to be, I guess, normal or was supposed to be nice. Uh, I, I remember a time in my life, uh, I wish I can go back, and, and it, was, it was sixth grade. It was sixth grade, we were out in recess, and this kid, I'm going to take you back to kind of put you in the mindset of Tim here, um, I, was, I was talkative, That's probably, that's, that was on all the progress reports, Teachers would write, Tim's a great kid, but he likes to talk. Um, great student, but very friendly. Um, they did everything they could, basically, to tell my mom, he likes to talk, can you tell him to stop? <laughs> and so, sixth grade, my mouth got me in trouble. Uh, we're out in recess, and, we're, and um, at that point, I'm playing football for a few years, so I was the best football player ever. Um, and so, we were picking teams, and there was, a, there was the captains, of course, the picking teams, and, and we were picking teams, and Trey... Trey was one of the captains, and uh, he uh, was going down, picking teams, picking teams, and I'm starting to see that I'm, it's me and this other guy left, and that doesn't make any sense because I'm the best player there. And so he, Trey, ends up picking the other guy, and uh, angry Tim, little, little, little guy, little feisty guy, got a little mad, and as he walked away, he may have said a word that rhymes with which, and uh, Trey heard that, weird, how he heard me call him a name, and he had me repeat it. And so the smart, respectful kid that I was, I repeated it, but louder. And there was a couple seconds. And then his fist hit my face. And I hit the ground hard. <laughs> I hit the ground hard. And uh, it took me a second to figure out what the heck was going on because I did not get in fights. And so I kind of was like, oh, I just got, I just got punched. And so the other kids kind of got in the way, stopped the fight before it started. But it, was, it, was, it happened very quickly. But I do remember winning that game. 
that recess. I do remember that. I remember getting there. I don't know how, but I won. But anyway, I remember that, that angry kid in sixth grade. I remember that angry kid in junior high. And there was a lot of times where um, what I was doing and what I was saying was, was what I was hearing in my home. And it was the way I was raised. And I say this because I'm a reflection of my family. You know, my family, they didn't, they didn't go to church. They didn't do that. They, uh, they cared a lot more about Oklahoma football on Saturday than they did church on Sunday. Um, they, were, uh, they were angry. They cursed. They drank. They did everything they could because they didn't go to church. They didn't, they didn't understand this. They didn't understand this life. But for me, it was normal. For me, it was normal. There was nothing about that that was abnormal. And so I picked up what I saw. I, I did it. And I believe that I was a reflection of that. I, my, my, my daily vocabulary was cursing. My, my, my daily habit was making people feel bad about themselves. That's just what I saw. I did, though, have a family that was full of love and passion. So I had a family that was love. It was big, big Mexican family. We loved each other. I learned how to love in my family, but I also learned that dads leave their children. I also learned that new families can start. My mom ended up marrying another guy and, and had a stepdad, but I, I learned a lot in that time, I'm a reflection of my family. We are reflections of our family. And for some of us to say that is incredible to hear. It's incredible to say, I am a reflection of my family. It's encouraging. You want to repeat that. You share stories of your family and you, you are excited about sharing that. But some of us, when we say, I'm a reflection of my family. And so it's hard sometimes. We, do get every, we try to do everything we can to go against that. And, I, and for some of us, to talk about family is difficult. To talk about Father's Day is difficult. To talk about Mother's Day and all this stuff because we were reminded of our, of our own family. And so today our message is start with home is because we believe this is so important. I believe there's a lot that goes on in our home that if we're not careful, is going to mess up our calling as Christians, as calling as a church. And so today I hope that God, in this, through this message, it's a simple message, but I hope that he shows to you just a few ways for you and your family, for you, that you've been called on a mission. And I pray, we're going to pray, but, but, but we're in the middle of this Beyond the Wall series now. We're talking about getting beyond our walls. We're talking about how the church is more than just the walls here, but we're also talking about the walls we put up and the walls that we are making a priority, and the walls that we, that we are saying and the excuses we are making to not live out the mission as a church. And so if you've not watched some of the series, if you've not watched the messages, Noah talking about loving our neighbors seriously, I hope you watched that. Kyle last week bringing this message about serving our city and, and how it's a reflection of loving Christ. I hope you guys go back and watch that. And, and today, personally, I'm just, I, I stand up here to say, like, I've watched these messages. I've, I've been here, and, and it's, I've struggled with hearing some of the messages and hearing and living it out a little bit, you know. And sometimes, at times, I, I sit here, and I listen, and I, I'm excited, and I'm like, all right, let's get to work. And then I leave, and it's like, ah, I'm not doing it. And then, throughout the week, I'm thinking, I'm the only one who's not living it. Everyone else in church has got it. And I come back the next week, and I'm like, everyone else lived out the truth that they just learned this last week, and I'm the only one who's struggling. And so I, my prayer, my prayer is that we don't go down that route. It's so easy to do that. It's so easy to think that you're the only one struggling. So today, I hope that we can begin to work together. We can begin to see that change is possible, 
The change happens when we're honest and open about where we're at. And as we think about what this means to start with our home, to start within this building, start within our church, I hope that we see that the more we are open, the more we're honest, the more we dig into this, the stronger that you are going to become, the stronger and the more impact you are going to have. You can't change what's going on around you in your world until you start changing what's going on within you. You can't change what's going on in your city, in your world, in your church, in your community. If you can't change what's going on around you and what's going on within you, start with that. And so let's do that today. Let's ask God to, to work in our lives. Let's do that, church. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. Thank you. We pray right now in this moment that we are asking you to join us. We are asking you to join us and show us the mission that you have for our families and our home. Show us the most important thing that you want us to hear today. I pray you stir in our hearts so that we can live this out. We pray that you reveal to us in your word what you would like for us as our families in this church and our homes. We love you. We thank you. Amen. All right, so let's start with home. So in this room, we have a few, uh, we have a few different homes. We have homes with just a single person in the home. We have homes with, with a lot of kids, no kids, grandparents. We have homes with dogs. We even have homes with cats. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I think that homes are so important. And, and for me, I'm a youth pastor, so my, my tendency is to talk about the family a lot. I focus on students a lot. And so uh, whether it's a teaching up here or prayer, I, I do speak to moms and dads and, and grandparents, and I think about students a lot. And it's so easy for me to do that up here. It's so easy for me to talk to you. So if you're sitting here and you're like, well, I don't have a family, so how does this message pertain to me? It, it, I want you to understand that this church is made up of so many different types of families. And so in your home right now, I'm speaking to you. In your home, this is for you. I do see the, the, the family as the greatest opportunity for the church. I see it as, as this perfect, well, I see it as this reflection of the church. As the church, in your home, you have so many different personalities, so many likes, dislikes, so many things you enjoy doing, don't do, and in the church is the same. We are made up of different people who likes and dislikes and everything. So I believe that the church will reflect our homes. And so I believe that this is important. So again, it may be sound like I'm speaking to just families with kids, but I'm speaking to all of us. I, I think God has a mission for each and every one of us. And, I, and that mission is, the mission of the family is to spread the gospel. The mission of the family is to spread the gospel. The mission of the family is to spread the gospel. If that's the only thing you get today, write that down. There it is. The mission of the family is to spread the gospel. Jesus made it very clear. From the beginning, from day one until his last days, he said, this is it. Pay attention to this. He made it clear when he was in his ministry and he was calling his disciples. He was picking them out. He said, I want those brothers. I want those siblings. I want that family. He made it very clear this is important to the church. And he, he, there was one time in Matthew chapter 28, the last words of Jesus to the disciples. Catch this. Last words to his followers. It was Matthew chapter 28. It says this. All authority in heaven has come to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. See, Jesus made it very clear that it wasn't just to a few, to all come 
and join me. Go, make disciples. The early church, as, as the disciples left Jesus at that moment, their mission was this. That was their calling card. They said, leave this building and do this. There it goes in Mark 16, 15. Go into the world and proclaim the gospel of the whole creation. Acts chapter 2, this is Peter preaching a message. And he says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This was the message that the early church had and this is the message for us. And it's so easy to go through our world and feel discouraged. It's so easy to look at the news um, and look at the news and see so many things that's discouraging, right? We do that each and every day. We read another report. We read another article. We see another post that we look at. We're like, this is awful. But Jesus says, there's a message that I want you to share. There's a message that I want you to share. Don't hold on to this message. The world has a need, has issues, and I'm giving you the message to share. And so it's simple, right? It's simple. Our mission is to be disciples ourselves and then take that and make other disciples with our, with our families. But what stops us? What stops us from doing this? What, what gets in the way? What is our wall that stops us from living out this mission each and every day? Or living out this mission in your own family? Remember, mission of the family is to spread the gospel. So what stops us from doing this? How many of you uh, enjoy cooking? Like cooking, um, watch cooking video. I watch. A, I probably watch a cooking video every day on YouTube of some sort. I love cooking. Um, I'm a reflection of my family, right? So my mom would cook dinner every single night, almost every. There was maybe one or two nights a week, maybe one that she didn't cook. And so from an early age, I was in there uh, mixing eggs for breakfast. I was cooking mac and cheese, and eventually turned that into more and more and more. And eventually, I was cooking some meals for my with my mom. And I love it. I, I can do it every single day. And I know I'm a minority here. I know that people are like, cooking? Yeah, right, get me out of the kitchen. I know that's why Becky and I are a perfect combo because she does not cook and I love cooking. And so she's like, you go right ahead. That's your kitchen. That's your stuff. You do what you need to do. I think we're, we're looking for a house and uh, like one of my priorities is a nice kitchen. Like I don't care about anything else. As long as the kitchen is somewhat workable, there's, it, you know, that's my place. I'm going to be there almost every day and I love it. And so I know I'm in the minority. I know other people would rather go and just go out to eat and just be like, you know what? Nope, I'm, this is easier to do that. And I get it. I, I, I also like going out to eat. I, I enjoy trying new places. I have a list on my phone of um, places that in, here in Columbus that was recommended to us because we've been here for three months. So people were like, you got to try this, you got to try this, you got to try this. And I put it on my phone, on the notes, and I'm writing it down. So I love trying new places. And uh, don't get me wrong, it's good easy, it's convenient, right? But I think too many times we treat our discipleship and our, and our training of our families this, this way. I don't know how to cook. I don't read enough of the cookbooks. I don't have the skills. I can't cut. I can't season well. I can't, I can't do all this right. And so I'm going to let somebody else do it. You know, it's, it's easier for that way because if I end up cooking, it may not be that well. It may not go well. They won't even like it or they won't be effective and, and all that stuff. So we go out and we let somebody else do it for us. It, yeah, it's a little sacrifice of my time and money, but it's easier just to let somebody else do it for me. It makes me look good. My kids sometimes t- 
tell me thank you and, and I look good to the people around me, right? It breaks my heart to say that. It breaks my heart to, to, to have this comparison, to talk about this wall, because it means that there are, there are those in, in this room and those that are living their faith with their family and living their discipleship, and they're saying, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I don't read enough. I don't pray enough. I don't have the skills to be a disciple. I don't have the skills to pour into my family, so I'm going to let somebody else do it. And, I, and I, it hurts. I'm going to rely on somebody else to do disciple, and they're better at it. That's not how this is supposed to be. That's not how this is supposed to be. We are called to be disciples who make disciples, and that means we are supposed to do this whether we are a parent, grandparent, we have kids, no kids, whether we're good at it or not, whether we've gone to school or not, whether we're reading a lot or not, we are called to do this. And it's ironic that I say this, and I'm calling this out and pointing this out from the position where my whole job description is to execute and minister to kids 6th grade to 12th grade. It's ironic that I'm saying you don't need people like me. You shouldn't need people like me. You should do this for your family. I say that because I want to make sure you guys understand that this calling is not just for the select few who, who are, have the title pastors. This calling is for every single one of us. You are called to love your family. You are called to spread the gospel to your family. And so I love my job. Don't get me wrong. I love being a youth pastor. And, I, and I, will, I will do this every single day. I think about it all the time. I will go get up at 7 o'clock, go to Cedar Point, spend all day at Cedar Point until 11.30, lose my voice. I'll do that every week for these students. Because <laughs> I did. I did that Friday. Right? I will do that. My goal is that every student, kids, student that I come in contact with feels loved. And they are loved by caring adults, and ultimately they are loved by the Creator. That's my goal. I will do that. I love cooking. I love reading books, movies, all that stuff. My first passion when it comes to living out a calling is to, is to love students. It is. But I stand here to tell you that what I do each and every day, this min youth ministry, this, this pastoring is... is is not the thing that's going to spread the gospel in your family. I'm here to partner with you. I'm here to love you. I'm here to love your students. I'm here to love you. But you are called to, within your family to show them Jesus and to spread Jesus to them. And I, I, I'm saying that, and it hurts to say that a little bit because it's saying, like, you don't need me. You shouldn't need me. But let's do this together. That's why we're here. And so I believe sometimes that stops us. I believe that sometimes that, that there's, that's a wall in between us, between trying to pour into your family and stuff. And so I love what I do, but I can't do it without a group of families who love God and want to love God within their families. So how do we do this? So how do we do this? What what is what are some ways we can actually do this in our home? What is one ways we can we can live out this mission to spread the gospel within our family? Start with our home. First thing is this: follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. I know it's obvious. I know it's simple. I know, but it is not said enough. Follow Jesus. In order to live out this mission, in order to live out the purpose that God has called you to be, you have to know who this God is calling you. Who is this God? Who is this man? Who is this guy who lived and died for you and has forgiven you and has given you a purpose? Who is this man? So let's follow him. 
Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. Simple message. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. You see, when Jesus began his ministry, this was his, this, he did this. He knew from the very beginning, I'm going to die and live for the families in this room. And he said, this, he said these few words to the disciples then, and he's saying it to us now. He's saying, come follow me. Matthew chapter 4, come follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. Come follow me. So if you haven't responded within your home, within your family right now, start with home, then this is a response. This is your first step. Follow Jesus. Understand that he has offered this life, that he has offered this forgiveness, he is working in you, and he's saying, hey, I need your response. Before you begin anything today, before you start this week, this is your response. Follow me. Don't leave this morning without understanding this. And then the next is live a life worth imitating. Live a life worth imitating. I don't need to tell you that everything you do or say is being watched by a little one in your home. Everything you say or do is being watched not just by them, but by your siblings, by your family, by those in the church. Everything you do, it will, does not take much for someone to see what you are doing and copy it. And so, what are you living? How are you living? Paul writes, he says, pay attention to this. Pay attention to this. What are you imitating? He writes in Ephesians chapter 5, he says, imitate God. Imitate God. Imitate God in everything you do, because you are his dear, dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us, offered himself as a sacrifice, a pleasing aroma to God. There's a good chance that you are here today because someone in your life lived a life full of love and followed the example of Christ. There's a chance that you, are, you saw someone, a friend, a family member, someone that you said, man, their life is incredible. They are on fire for God. Or something they said to you and it made an impact in your life, and you said, I want that. I want that. We are a reflection of our families, but we're also a reflection of those around us. And so I encourage you to live a life worth imitating. John chapter 8, verse 31, 32 said, this is it. This is our handbook. This is, this is, this is why we do it. He said to his people, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Live this truth out. Pay attention to this. Work on this. And our last way that we can be a disciple in our home, it's important. We're sitting here. We're doing this right now, but I just want to encourage you is be in community. It was so beautiful to see the families up here. So beautiful to, to celebrate a child dedication because it was a reminder that we're not doing this on our own, that you are not doing this on your own. The families here praying for each other, work like understand this right here that just happened this morning is the church. It's, this is the church. We worship together, but we live life together. So if you are not in community, this is hard. I'm going to be honest. This is the hardest part sometimes. You know why this is hard? Because it involves other people. It involves other people. And for my introverts, it's, it's, it's very difficult. Very difficult. But it's the same reason why it's difficult. It's the same reason why this is so important. Because it involves other people. We are called to do this in community. And so to live out the mission to spread the gospel means we have to bring our families into communities. 
we to live like Jesus did. If you, if you know anything about Jesus' life, he was surrounded by his disciples that he loved. He was surrounded by crowds that didn't know him, and he was surrounded by people who didn't like him. And he did this each and every day because he saw how important it was to live and be in community. And so as a family, what are you doing to be in community? What are you doing to, to love on those, not just in the church, outside the church? Well, how are you showing your kids and your family and yourself? This is important. This is important. Paul writes to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, this guy, amazing guy, he says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Christ got into the dirty and the messiness of other people's lives, and we are called to do the same as families. You know, I stand up here as a uh, reflection of my family, but I also stand up here as a reflection of my church that I grew up in. Angry, fatherless child walks into a church for the first time to play dodgeball and eat pizza, right? And so I walk in, met some friends, and in my time there at Chartel Church of God in Oklahoma City, what happened in that time was I met some families. I met some families who prioritized this mission. I met families that, that were in love with God, that followed him, that lived a life where imitating, but also, man, they, they, they spent time in community. When I think about the families, like the Norris family that, that poured into me, the Rabines, the, I can go down the list. I, I have like five, six more, uh, the Graves, the Haddocks. I, I have names as a seventh grader of families that loved me. And they made this a priority. And because they made this a priority, I can stand up here and say, thank you. I can stand up here and do this because they said, my mission is to spread the gospel. And so that's our challenge. That's what happens when you start with home. That's what happens when you are part of this incredible mission is you get to be a part of a life-changing story of someone who could stand up here and, and preach this today. So what can we do right now, this week? This is the part where the youth pastor in me steps in and says, all right, let's get some practical advice. Let's get some things we can actually do right away. In our small group discussion, this is the last question that says, how do we apply these truths to this week? And so here's just a few ways. I want to give you something. I'm going to invite um, Roger up here as well um, to kind of just show us and, or play a song in the background. But I just want you to get this. Get this. Ready for this? A few ways. Super simple. Super simple. Admit to yourself and to your family that you're not perfect. And that you're going to make mistakes. Admit to yourself and your family you're going to make mistakes. Tell your testimony to your family. Tell your, test, tell, your, tell your testimony to your family. Tell them the way God showed up in your life. Ask them too. Don't tell them your story, but ask them about their struggles, about their faith. Get opportunities, have opportunities where you can watch, learn, and practice your faith. Pray together, fast together, read together, worship together. Do practical things together, not just talk about it. Bring your kids to church and serve. Bring yourself to church and serve, not just when it's convenient. Set one boundary right now, this today, that allows growth. Whether that's no phones at dinner or whether that is just having conversations consistently. Set some boundaries to allow growth. Here's a, here's a good one. Get a list of your kids' friends and pray for them. Pray for them together. Or get a list of 
your spouse's friends and pray for them and say, all right, we're praying for them. And of course, have scheduled times for Bible study and prayer and, and work through what that looks like to pray together, to read together. And, and if you're thinking here and you're saying there's a lot, I'm struggling with this and I don't want to really want to do this or I don't really know how to do this or this is a lot. Or I don't, I, whatever is kind of wall that's being built in your life right now as you're, as you're hearing this, as, you're, as God's speaking to you, I want you to take this words from Jesus. Matthew chapter 7. It's a simple response. Ask. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you for everyone you ask receives. The one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Today, God is opening a door in your home to transform your life and your family. Just ask for it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. Lord, I thank you for that reminder in Jesus, Lord. I thank you for that, that, that message that he came, Lord. The message that he said, go into all nations, baptizing them, teaching them about me. I will be with you. And so I pray for our families in this church, the many different types of families we have, Lord. I pray that you show us the impact that our family can make, Lord, when we follow you, Lord, when we live a life that reflects Jesus, and Lord, when we, when we put ourselves into community and we serve, Lord, I pray that today that you change some lives, Lord, that you change families, and that you use this, this church, Lord. You use this church in your mission to spread the gospel. Lord, I'm so thankful for, for each and every one of us. Lord, I'm so thankful for your word, Lord. Uh, let's leave this place. Let's change our, our family. Let's change our city, our world around us. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.